Well, good morning, everybody. We get to tell the old, old story every day, don't we? Today we are in part two of our four-part message series called Pray. And what we're doing is, is we're looking at four specific prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed. Each week we're going through one. And we're learning and we're turning away from our safe, small general prayers that we've often prayed, but as passionate Jesus followers, we're going to pray big, God-honoring, faith-filled, and specific prayers, just like the Apostle Paul prayed. And what's interesting, when you study the the prayers of of Paul, you're going to see a very common rhythm. He's going to pray for something specifically And then we're going to see the terminology, the word, so that. And he shows the desired result, so that, and the desired result of the prayer. For example, last week we saw him say, I pray that we would be filled with power so that Christ may dwell in your inner beings. Every time he prays, we see the word, so that, and then we see the end result. Last week we were praying for power, and I, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for power. We're going to be compiling these up each week. So because we move on to a, a new prayer, don't stop praying the first one. We're going to continue to pray for power. And again, if you're doing the Bible app, this is going to help you along with reminding you that and, and every day checking in on that. What's inter- The interesting thing is, is when you look at what many of us pray for, our prayers, if we're honest, they're just so safe and, and small and, and they're general. Quite honestly, a, a lot of times, the thing we pray for, we're actually, it's kind of funny. You think about it, many of you, maybe your parents maybe prayed this prayer when you were young. Some of you might have prayed this prayer with your own children. You might recognize it. Here's actually a poster from World War I, it's probably pretty difficult to see the writing that's on the screen, but it's written in this government bonds ad under the mother praying with her, her child. The prayer goes by the name of, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. You might have heard of it. It's been used in rock songs and horror movies. But imagine taking your little three-year-old to bed and you're going to leave her in the dark bedroom and before you leave you kneel down next to her on that little bed and you pray this prayer with them now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take Nighty night, precious. I hope you have a good night's sleep. See you in the morning if you survive. I mean, what is that? If you don't die tonight, uh, it's funny. There's a lot of prayers and, and uh, taken out of context or, or looked at many years later. We might look at and scratch our head and say, I would never pray that prayer with my, my child. 
Um, but I'm trying to have a little fun with this. But when we pray, we, we want to open ourselves up to allow God to do a work with us. We, we've kind of gone off maybe a little bit through our prayers, and, and hopefully this series can, can help us with that. So today we're going to look at another one of the Apostle Paul's specific prayers, and I believe this is one of the most important things that as Christians we can pray for one another that we need to encourage one another in. And sadly, I think many of us, we don't include this in many of our prayers. In fact, if I asked if there was a specific prayer that you could pray for other Jesus followers and it would have the power to help them have a full understanding of everything good that they have in Christ Jesus, how many of you would want to pray that prayer? Everybody, right? <laughs> I hope everyone's hands would go up because I would want to pray that prayer. It's quite a blessing. Uh, if you want to pray for your brother or sister in Christ, that they would have a full understanding of everything good that they have in Christ Jesus. And you should pray for them that they would continue to be active in sharing their faith. Who knew? So before we get into why Paul says this prayer, I want to give you a little bit of the, the backstory of this amazing little letter in, in the Bible, a tiny little book called Philemon. Now, this was actually a, a personal letter that Paul wrote to his friend Philemon. Um, it's the only personal letter that was written to a person and not to a group of churches. That's in the Bible that we have record of Paul writing. And so Paul writes to Philemon. He's, he's a successful business owner. And he hosted a small house church. Um, many of the early New Testament churches, people would be meeting at each other's homes. One of Philemon's slaves, many of the, the wealthy, owned slaves at this time. And one of Philemon's slaves had escaped. And his name was Onesimus. And so Onesimus runs all the way to Rome. He escapes, probably hoping to sort of blend in with this growing city, this metropolis. And if you read the whole letter, it appears that Onesimus either stole money or or he stole some valuable goods on his way out the door from Philemon. But he escapes all the way to Rome where he meets out with who else but the Apostle Paul. Now, we don't know every detail as to, to what happened. It's just uh, very few verses, not, not chapters long. But what we do know is that the Apostle Paul led the slave into a, rela- a relationship with Jesus. And Onesimus, much like Paul, becomes massively transformed. In fact, he has changed so much that Onesimus is like, I need to go back to Philemon and I need to go square away with with what I did wrong. The slave, escaping, running away, has taken something. You get the sense when you read at the end of the letter, Paul saying, hey, I will take care of whatever debt that's owed. And it could just been the ransom on his head. The slaves were worth money, and you could trade them like, like property or anything else back then. But um, it, it's assumed that he, he probably took something out the door. But he says, you know, I, I want to go back. I am a, I'm a changed Christian now. Paul led me to Christ. 
And I want to return from where I ran away from as a slave. Make things right. And this is usually, if you ever hear of the book Philemon, this is what it's preached on, is forgiveness. You usually don't hear much of anything else from this letter than, than a forgiveness story. Uh, Jesus has changed me, even though I'm a slave. You know, I, I might not like my situation, but what I did was wrong. It's a great lesson. But we're going to look at this from a, a totally different angle today. So after talking with Onesimus, Paul decides he's going to write a letter. And Onesimus is going to actually bring this back to Philemon. Because Paul knows Philemon. And so he writes this letter vouching for Onesimus. Basically, uh, you know, Philemon, uh, you need to understand Jesus has changed this guy's life. He's coming back to you. I, I want you to receive him as a, as a brother in the Lord because that's exactly who he is. He's a changed man. So, so Paul's writing this very heartfelt, this emotional plea to his friend, a letter on behalf of the slave whose life had been transformed. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of an idea sort of where things are at. And we're going to look at a few portions of this letter. We're going to uh, start in verse 4. And this is what Paul says to his buddy Philemon. He says, I always thank God, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Philemon, as I always remember you, I thank God as I remember you. He's still praying for him. Then he says, I thank him for, for two reasons. One is because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. The second, he says, is because of your love for all of the saints. I want you to think about this. I thank God, Philemon, because I hear you love other Christians in such a beautiful way. I thank God because of your faith in Jesus and because you have a deep love for other Jesus followers. Verse 6, and this is what Paul prays. He prays, I pray. Everyone said, I pray. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith why? Don't miss this. So that, what will you have? So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. You read this one more time. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now, why is Paul praying this? Why is, he, why is it important to communicate, to be active in, in sharing your faith? He uses the so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. Now, what I want to do for a moment is I want to read into the story a little bit here. This is what I often try to do. I, I, I want to learn the, the backstory here. I want to ask questions as to what else could have been going on, what would have led to this prayer? It makes a little bit of sense with the information I gave you before, but we don't have a lot to go on. So I'm going to give you a theory from my study. I want you to know this is only a theory through my study through the Bible and commentaries. This is not directly from the Bible. But here's what I think very likely could have happened. Imagine this. The slave runs away. He, He gets to Rome. 
and he meets Paul. He's, he's, he's maybe hurting. He, he's asking questions. You know, he's afraid. He's spiritually lost. Remember, the escaped slave. And, and him and Paul, they, they hit it off. And Paul tells him, oh, man, you know, I was just like you. You know, I used to, I used to hate Christians. You can imagine he hated the guy. He was a slave to a Christian who had a church in his home. And he was the slave. Okay? I used to hate Christians, Paul said, but, but then I met the risen Christ, and oh, you, you need to know him. And they're talking and praying. Onesimus is like, yeah, I need that. I need that. And he accepts Christ, and boom, he's transformed. And Paul starts talking to him like, you know, where'd you come from? And he's like, well, I actually worked for this guy, Philemon. Philemon, dude, I know him. Yeah, he's amazing. He's got that house church in his home. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Wait, you worked for Philemon, and you're not a follower of Jesus. You don't know anything to know about Jesus. Didn't Philemon ever tell you about Jesus? Oh, he didn't. Now, think back to the letter, Philemon. I thank God that I hear about your faith in Jesus and your love for the saints, for, for, for all the believers. If you're reading into this, perhaps Paul's going, wait a minute, don't forget to share your faith. Especially with those who are you are with every single day. I pray that you'll continue to share your faith. <laughs> The reason why I think perhaps Paul is doing this is because he knew, as well as it's true today, the most, one of the most dangerous places for Christians to get is an inward-looking, self-centered version of Christianity. Where instead of loving those who are far from God, we start to judge those who are far from God. Instead of having an attitude of trying to reach out, we have an attitude of, of trying to retreat and run from them. Before long, a lot of people are, stay away from the world. The world is bad. Stay away from those people. They're not Christians. The ones that watch rated R movies and listen to that secular music. And their kids watch SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, no. Keep your kids away from them. There's just this run-and-hide mentality and all this kind of stuff. Here's the deal. During one of Jesus' greatest sermons, he preached on a mountain in Galilee, and Jesus called all of his followers to go out into the world, that we are to be the the salt of the earth and the, the light of the world. Jesus didn't teach Christians, go in your house and hide. He said, go into the world and shine. Go into the world and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He didn't teach run from the darkness. He said, be a light into the darkness. But the problem is, is is for so many of us, we have become inward Looking, and we've built the walls up to keep all that evil outside there out. And you can almost hear Paul saying in this letter, Philemon, 
I pray that with all of your opportunities to have fellowship, that you are sharing the gospel with all the people that come into your home. Be active, always be active in sharing your faith. So, if you're a Jesus follower, I'm sure many of you would say, I know it's important, I know, I know, I know, I know. But the reality is, and according to church statistics, anywhere between one to two out of every ten of us, very directly in the past week, seven days, boldly shared their faith in Christ. 1.5 to be direct, let's round it up because we're pretty good here. Two out of every ten of us boldly shared our faith in Christ in the last seven days with someone who doesn't know the gospel. If we know it's important and Jesus has called us to do it, the question becomes, why don't we do it more often then? Sorry, that was the scripture I meant to put up there for all of you. The question becomes, why don't we share our faith? And I put the question on your bulletin in your notes there and think about it and ask yourself, why don't I share my faith more? And I think there are any number of reasons as as why we don't. I think one of the reasons is we get too busy. Life happens. We kind of forget about the, the importance of it or we downplay that part. I think one of the reasons is that we don't want to be that weird, weird person like, uh-oh, here comes the Jesus freak. Though I promise you that might be the best compliment we ever get. Or we don't want to be the one that forces our beliefs on other people, right? Like, I would never want to do that. I'd never want to force my beliefs, so then therefore I can't share the gospel. But I think probably the biggest reason most of us don't share our faith in Christ is we just don't feel like that we know enough. And here's the tension that I want you to see. We feel like if we knew more, then we would do it more. But I feel like I don't know enough. We think if I understood more, then I'd share my faith. But Paul's implying through this prayer that's, that's not what happens. He's saying, when you share your faith, then what happens? You understand more. In fact, I want to illustrate this for you up on the screen here and show you how this plays out in your everyday life. And if you want, you can jot this down. It's just going to be a little circle. But what happens is Paul is praying that we would constantly do what? He's, He's praying that we would constantly Share our faith in Jesus. And when we share our faith in Jesus, something very positive happens. That is, that lives are being impacted. Lives are being changed. And it might only be that you're planting the seed in someone's life. It might be that, that you're watering that seed that someone else has already left. But God is making a difference in people's lives and And as you do this, Paul is showing us something else amazing happens. Is that as you share your faith, you actually get a full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. 
you actually get a full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. Suddenly, you're growing deeper in your relationship with Jesus. You're falling more in love with him each day. You're understanding just what it means to be walking by the Spirit. So you want to share your faith even more. And then what happens, you get this very outward, evangelistic, loving focus towards other people. And when you have this, man, you got the big two. These are the big two you want because we're called to love God and to love people. Love God and love people. So we're moving on those big two there. Then what happens is you want to share your faith even more and and more lives are impacted. So you're growing deeper in your understanding. You have more of this outward focus and you're sharing your faith and it's all very, very positive. It just keeps going. But here's what happens too often, unfortunately. We feel like we don't know enough. We're not ready. We're not good enough. So we don't share our faith. Oh, there it goes. We no longer share our faith. And when we stop sharing our faith, what else happens? Sadly, lives are not really impacted. Because, you know, we're just kind of busy. We're doing our own inward-looking Christianity thing that we're pretty good at. So we lose that too. We don't grow spiritually in a deeper understanding of what we have in Christ. Therefore, instead of having the outward focus, we become inward-looking Christians. And sadly, we're no longer sharing our faith. Suddenly, we've become lukewarm in what we do. This is one of the reasons why I believe Paul's praying for his buddy Philemon. Man, you love your church. Yes, you love the believers. I love all of you guys here. But do not forget to always share your faith. As lives are changed, you will have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. And then you'll have an outward focus. I'm telling you, you'll have such a positive spiritual momentum in your life as you do so. I like this. It says, a faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. So, we are a church of people that love to pray. Last week we started praying for what? We started praying for power. We started praying for power. Today, we're going to add something new that we pray for, and what's going to happen over time, we're going to develop this very rich arsenal of spiritual things to focus on while we pray. Today we're going to add this. We are praying for other believers that we love. We're praying for ourselves that we would continue to share our faith. I want to pray for your teenagers. I want to pray for your eight-year-old. I want to pray for your spouse. I want to pray for our teachers here. Pray for the Christians that you work with. Pray for the people in your study groups. Pray for me. 
pray for you that you would continue to share your faith in Christ, that you would be active in sharing your faith in Christ. And when you do, you'll have that full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. It's a good deal. Now, let me warn you, and I'm going to warn you very clearly here, when you start praying for this, you're going to have opportunities. This week, multiple ones. And they're going to come your way. So what I want to do is, since many people don't feel very equipped, I want to give you four simple ways to share your faith based on some stories from the Bible. So when God gives you those moments in response to your prayer, you're going to be adequately prepared to share your faith, get a deeper understanding, and suddenly you're going to see forward spiritual momentum in your life, and, and God uses you to impact others. How's that sound? You ready? You're ready, right? Okay. Four easy ways to share your faith. You're going to see your four spots in your notes. Remember, God's going to check your notes when you get up to heaven, so fill those out. Number one, you can be loving, but be direct. You can be loving, but there will be a time to be direct. In fact, in In Acts chapter 2, I'll put the scripture up this time for you. In Acts chapter 2, this is what Peter did when he preached to thousands of people. He was loving, but he was direct. He said, you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Boom, direct. Okay, this is direct. What he didn't say was, hey guys, well, uh, you should maybe explore those spiritual options and weigh everything out. You know, just think about it. He's just as direct as can be. You need to turn to God, repent of your sins, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Peter was as direct as could be. There'll be times when, when the Holy Spirit will lead you to be direct like that, and you obey the prompting of the Spirit. You don't going to do that all the time. Remember, loving and direct. Show compassion always, but there's a balance there. It's, it's a lot like parenting. If, if your kid's going to fall off the edge, it's not time for the small talk, right? You've you got to save them. Allow the Spirit to lead you. When you need to be directed, stick to the Bible. Stick to the Word, not sort of your own opinion. Have a Bible near. Sometimes you're in the elevator, right? There's no Bible around. What are you going to do? You can be loving and be direct. The second way that we're going to share our faith, and everyone of you can do this anytime, is share your story. Each one of you have a very powerful story if you are a follower of Jesus. And in fact, in John's Gospel, the, the ninth chapter, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the, the story of the man that was born blind. Jesus comes and opens up his, his eyes so he can see. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the Pharisees are all debating, you know, whose fault was it that he was blind? You know, is it his parents' fault? Uh, maybe he wasn't really blind to begin with. They're, they're fighting over whether Jesus healed him on, on the Sabbath. Uh, give the glory to God. You know, this man must be a sinner. And so they question the man who was blind, and he's like, listen, I don't know all that you guys are, are fighting about. He said, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. 
You can argue all you want, but if you want to know my story, yesterday I couldn't see you. Today I can. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. And some of you, that's your greatest love weapon. All I know is, is I used to be an addict, but because of Jesus, I'm clean and sober today. All I know is I used to be hurting, but because of Jesus, I have peace. All I know is I used to be lost, but because of Jesus, now I'm found. You tell your story. Some of us, we got wild, wild stories, right? Tell your story. I used to smoke weed, drink whiskey, and, and shoot heroin. But Jesus saved me. Some of you, it's not quite that dramatic. You know, I used to smoke Marlboros and drink NyQuil and shoot squirrels. But Jesus saved me. Whatever it is, tell the version of your story. And watch God uses it to impact other people. It's amazing how often your story will interact and and overlap with someone else's story. Oh, I lost a child too. I lost a marriage, too. I was rejected by the church I went to, too. Oh, I had this that happened to me, too. And let me tell you what God did. The third thing, and it's very simple. You can invite people to church. It doesn't get any easier than this, right? Just come with me. 90 minutes. In fact... This is essentially what the Samaritan woman did in the fourth chapter of John's gospel. Jesus is talking with the Samaritan woman, which for a Jewish man, no one would even dare to speak to the Samaritan woman, never mind this sort of sinful woman. But he's loving her, and and he's teaching her at the well. And they're sitting around, and they're thirsty, and Jesus said to her, he says, Ma'am, you've had five husbands. And the guy you're shacking up with, he's not even your husband. She's like, how does he know this stuff? Basically, he tells her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give, they shall never thirst. She's so moved by Jesus' teaching, she runs back to her community. And all she says is, come and see the man who told me all the things that I have done. Just come and see. Come and meet this guy. And that's what you can do. Just come with me. Just come with you. You got to meet this guy, Jesus. Give it a try. You can leave by noon, okay? (laughs) How do you share your faith? Invite him to church. The fourth thing, if you're taking notes, is this. You can live a life that other people will want to live. You can live a life... The other people will want. In fact, Paul and Silas, they did this. It's a crazy story you can read about in Acts, the 16th chapter. I believe that's down in your bonus scriptures there. But basically, they, they get arrested. They're, they're beaten with rods. They're, they're thrown into prison. Now, what do you suppose these crazy Jesus followers are, are doing? They're, they're beat. They're, they're whipped. They're, they're, they're in jail. The Bible says it was about midnight. And Paul and Silas decide... They're going to hold a worship service. What? Yeah. They're going to worship God in the the middle of the cell. They're praying. They're they're singing songs. They're praising God, and suddenly an earthquake comes. 
God sends this. The, the foundations of the prison shake so hard that the doors bust open. The, the shackles fall right off the guy's ankles. They're free. And the guard there realizes, oh no, they've escaped. And he thinks, if any prisoner had escaped, he was good as dead. So I might as well kill myself. So he's going to kill himself. And Paul turns around. And he's like, no, no, no. Don't kill yourself. That's cool. We're, we're still here. We're still here. They start loving the guard, the prison guard. And he looks at him and basically says, I want what you have. I want what you have. What must I do to be saved? In other words, I've seen that you all have something I do not have. I want some of that. There are those of you that you live life with God in such a way that even when the doctor gave you the horrible news about that cancer, you weren't rocked by it. In other words, it didn't devastate your faith. With Christ's strength, you have somehow found a peace through it. When your neighbor asks, you know, how are you handling all this stuff? How, how are you getting through it? You're telling them, I've got the power of Jesus carrying me. That's, that's all I know. In his strength, I'm strong. You know, wow, that's the opposite of what the rest of the world thinks. That's the opposite of how the rest of the world deals with that kind of news. I want what you have. You live a life that other people will want. You know, I ran into a friend a couple months back from high school. Been forever since I had seen him. And after we sort of answered each other's questions about our kids and, and where we lived and all that sort of stuff, he said to me, there's something different about you. I told him, yeah, he, he was right. I said, do you want to know what I have? Probably thought I was going to pull some drugs or something. It's totally free. I've got to tell you about how Jesus saved me. You tell them, man... The grace of God transformed my life. And if you want to know what I have, I'd love to share it with you. You can live in such a way that others hunger for what you have. That's one of the reasons why we're going to pray. God, every day, use me to share my faith. God, we, we pray for those we love that we'd be active in sharing our faith. Lord, we pray that every day you would... Give me eyes to see the divine opportunities so we could share our faith. Why? So that we'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Go right around. And with an outward focus, we will share our faith even more. We'll we'll have this positive spiritual momentum going. This week, every day, we pray, God, Give us the opportunity to share our faith, and he will. And when you do, I'm going to close with three things that are going to happen. The first thing, you get to play a part in a divine story. This is so awesome. You get to be a part in someone else's spiritual story. And you may have simply been planting the seed. You may be the gal that came up and watered the seed. You may just play a very small part. You may be there at the harvest, but you get to make a difference in in someone else's life. 
And when you do, oh man, that brings spiritual momentum and, and faith into your heart. You get to play a role in, in someone else's story. Part of their divine story. The second thing, when you share your faith with someone, your faith grows. Your faith grows, and your faith grows and grows and grows. You'll be having a conversation with someone, and, and you don't know really what to say next to them. And you're like, uh-oh, what do I say? Then, boom, this Bible verse just pops out of nowhere into your brain. You're like, wow, uh, okay, where did that come from? Uh, God, is your strength in this? Thank you. Then you're praying for that person. You're praying for more people, and all of a sudden your faith is growing. Your, your faith starts to expand. Why? Because when you, you share your faith, lives are changed, and as lives continue to change, your life is changing. And you're getting a deeper and, and deeper understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. When you're actively sharing your faith, the Bible says, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk with him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, Strengthen those roots in him as you share your faith. He continues to strengthen those roots. The final thing is this. When you actively share your faith, we are reminded of what we have in Christ. You are reminded of what you have in Christ Jesus. There are some of you, there was a time in your life when you were really passionate about Jesus and now you're not. And I can guarantee you from the, the time you were passionate until that moment right now, you stopped sharing your faith. I, I guarantee you. Because when we stop sharing our faith, when we're sharing our faith, there's something that's happening inside of us. You're telling people, you're telling people the story of the gospel. You're, you're talking about forgiveness of sins to people that maybe never even realized that God could forgive them. And it's like you're hearing it for the first time as you tell it again. You're hearing it for the first time. Then you talk more about the promises of God. And, and you tell him, yeah, God's not going to give you the perfect life. You're probably never going to have problems again. Instead, it's like, no, in the middle of all those problems, God gives you the supernatural peace that goes beyond your human ability to even understand it. The very Spirit of God moves into the life of the Jesus follower. That Spirit convicts you, and He loves you, and and He conforms you, and He empowers you, and suddenly you start walking by faith and not by sight. And you don't just serve this God who's out to get you, but you have a loving relationship with a God that that you can know a God who speaks to you, a, a God that cares about you. All of a sudden, we're on the front lines talking about the goodness of God. You cannot be lukewarm when you are filled with that fullness of all that God has. And suddenly, you're having a deeper understanding and a deeper understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. So, when you share Lives are changed. You have a deeper understanding. You have an outer focus. And you want to share even more. That's why I'm praying every day that you have power because 
we need supernatural power. And I'm praying for our church community that you'd be active in sharing your faith in Christ because when we do, you will see lives change. And when you're active in sharing your faith in Christ, you'll have that full understanding of every good thing that you have in him. Therefore, you can better please God in all that you do and please stand for today's invitation.